Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you'd like to be on the program. I actually want to start uh, with a phone call from Bob uh, because he and I are on the same wavelength here, I think. Bob, welcome. Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. China and Russia are playing a long game. They've been playing all along, watching what we call science with the climate change and watching how stupid we've been to shut down our power grids and our ability to create our own energy while they waited, realizing that the rest of the world had to come to them. So Russia's been able to do you know, gas overseas and oil overseas and got rich by having these minerals to export while being able to you know, make the money and watch what we did. China and Russia got together. This is how I see it. China and Russia got together as allies because the idea was is that when Russia decided they wanted to make a move on Europe, China would make a move on Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Problem is, Vladimir jumped the gun, and he went into Ukraine thinking that he was in a position of power that nobody could do anything to him. China, in the meantime, was like, wait a minute. They caught him off guard. And they were like, well, you know, we we can't do this as a joint venture now because you've already done this and we weren't ready. And I think what's come down to is they wanted to put us on two fronts at the same time, and it didn't happen. So that's why China, although they're stopping the, you know, stopping and saying, well, we could invade Taiwan because we don't see them as a sovereign nation, like you said, they wanted to create that double front. Yeah, you know, I I, so I think you're, you're. I mean, you and I see see this fa- fairly similarly. I expected uh, the moment the Olympics was over uh, that China was going to go on and try to grab Taiwan, and I think Putin jumped the gun on something. Uh, they don't have their ties up to Russia. They're still a, or with China. There's still some level of distrust there. And now that Putin is running in guns blazing into Ukraine, it disrupts everything and, and makes it worse for China, which I suspect is why the Chinese are coming out now and criticizing the Russians because they, they realize Russia has, has caused them some problems, uh, galvanized exactly. a world response. Right, because Russia basically has made it impossible for them to do anything because now they've seen the way the world has responded to Russia on a, bi- on a unilateral basis, and they don't need that. You right. Know? Um, yeah, so it's, uh, now, it's, it's really kind of, it's really kind of interesting to me that people don't see that. But then again, my vision also is that in all of our countries, whether you're in Russia or China or even in the United States, the media tells us what they want us to know. Yeah, they don't tell us everything, and so people can you know complain. Well, Russia is not telling their people. Well, you know, there's things we're not learning. Also, you know, you mm-hmm. need to learn that it's a two way street all the way around the world. Um, but I really believe that's kind of what happened, and that's why Russia now is backing up. And although they're not condemning Russia, they're telling Russia they really shouldn't be there. They should they should have left a sovereign nation alone. And just because they're 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 all in CIA mode, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. And that's that's what I see. So I just wanted to call and, and look, put that Bob. I, look, I'm, I'm glad you did, uh, and I'm glad to know I'm not alone out there and thinking this. Thanks very much for the phone call. It, it's I I do think they they jumped the gun. Now while they're jumping the gun. We have an interesting dynamic shaping place and taking place in this country and others. The wokes are meeting the real world in all of this. And I think we probably need to consider this. Now, what I mean by this is when things are going good and you've got some smooth sailing, 
there are people who want to cause waves. And in the United States, it's been the wokes and the social justice warriors. We've had a, a smooth sailing, clear skies, flat water, and they've suddenly wanted to cause turbulence. They've wanted us to worry about systemic racism. They've wanted us to believe that we are an inherently racist people. They've wanted us to believe that the white people are bad and everyone else is repressed. They've wanted us to care about anti-Asian violence until it turned out it was a lot of young black men beating up older Asian people and suddenly move on. They've wanted us to accept uh, boys into girls' sports, and you're a bigot if you don't. The left in this country has been obsessed about a lot of things that really aren't that meaningful. The United States government is advising people, and I'm not making this up, that in the event there is a nuclear war, when you take shelter, please remember social distancing and masks due to COVID. I thought it was just an urban legend that circulated on social media, but it turns out it's true. They've updated the guidelines for nuclear fallout. It really doesn't matter. I mentioned earlier there was a, a woman who replied to a tweet. The tweet showed the Ukrainian delegation meeting with the Russians to try to find some uh, resolution for the war. And she wanted to know, where are all the women? Why aren't there women at the table? As if that freaking matters. In Ukraine, they're demanding that every able-bodied male stay behind and fight. And I saw some feminists outraged that they're not making the women stay and die. No, they're literally, the Ukrainians were pulling men off of buses and out of convoys of people headed across the border saying, no, you have to stay and fight. Your women, your wives, your children, your daughters, they can go. But if you're an able-bodied male, you got to stay and fight. Good. Suddenly, Equality doesn't matter that much. When the bullets are flying, there are very few people on the planet who say, well, by God, I wish the girls could be there to take the bullets too. It's all well and good for you here in the United States thinking we should put women in the selective service. No one, we're not really going to have a draft again. I mean, look at the world. It's all stable. Let's go on and put women in for equality because we're never really going to have one anyway. Guess what? The world is an unstable place. I saw people worried and fretting about how this war was going to cause us to only care about white people. I saw Nicole Hannah-Jones trying to revise history to say Europe is just a fiction and we only care because it's white people fighting and the world wants us to only care about them because they're white people fighting, which is nonsense. We care because there hasn't been a major land war in Europe since World War II. We care because the Russians have expansionist policies, and if they go into Ukraine and take it, they're going to start spreading across Europe. They're going to start going into allied nations, NATO nations, and that really will mean war. And yet, some of them can't help themselves. Denouncing the patriarchy, denouncing this as well, just men. We, we need more women. 
If there were more women involved, we wouldn't be having war, really. I mean, these are the claims of some of the crazies out there. Ukrainian children are fleeing with their mothers, separated from their brothers and their fathers who are staying behind to fight an invading army, often with no military training. Many are dying. Their safe space is a bomb shelter, a converted subway tunnel, a basement of a building that may collapse on top of them. And American kids for the last five to 10 years have been demanding safe spaces from words. American kids get to curl up and cry in the fetal position because Elias Shapiro might get hired by Georgetown University to oversee some program, and he believed that the the black lady that Joe Biden would nominate uh, would be an inferior selection to a particular other judge, and oh my gosh, he must be calling all black people inferior when he wasn't. We need a safe space. We need room to cry. The kids in Ukraine are crying because there are bombs blowing up outside and they may die. Kids in the United States are crying because someone said something not nice on the internet and we're allowing them on our campus. Can we all grow up at this point? Can we look at what's happening in Europe and say maybe we've gotten too soft when American kids need safe spaces from words and ideas they don't agree with? When American colleges decide that, well, we can't teach them that because, well, that might challenge their worldview and it might make them uncomfortable. I assure you there are a lot of people in Ukraine right now who are very uncomfortable, but they're uncomfortable because they're in a tiny room with 20 other people trying to avoid getting killed. You people are in a classroom comfortable in the United States where you're hearing ideas on a scholarship or or a uh, of some kind or your mommy and daddy are footing the bills for you and you're uncomfortable because you may be challenged on an idea. Those Ukrainians are literally being challenged by Russians with guns. Look to them and be inspired. We, as a people in this country, have had a very good run of it. And I would like to keep the good times rolling. I would. But part of keeping the good times rolling needs to recognize that we must be a serious people and a serious people look at the world seriously and they don't see the world in terms of pronouns. They see the world in terms of leaders and those who would pick us off and challenge our world order. They see the world in terms of those who have nukes and those who don't. They see the world in terms of those who would do us harm and those who would be our allies. They do not see the world in terms of pronouns and safe spaces for words. And that's where American children are right now in many cases, particularly if you're well off. You know what? In Russia, in Ukraine, your son doesn't get to be called your daughter and swim on the swim team. And you are more fixated on that here than you are anywhere else. Maybe you should realize there are bigger issues than your child and their mental state. Maybe all of us should realize 
that the world has bigger problems than your preferred pronoun. And maybe the world will wake us up to the fact that there are real dangers out there besides having conservatives who support Donald Trump voting. I mean, the left in this country is more threatened by conservatives than they are by Vladimir Putin. They treat us like the enemy, and meanwhile, some on our side treat the the left like an enemy. Meanwhile, look at Vladimir Putin. There aren't any leftists invading your state with guns and tanks right now to do you harm, nor are there conservative Trump supporters invading California right now. But Vladimir Putin is invading Ukraine, not over pronouns, but over power and territory. And we've got a bunch of people in this country who seem outraged that there aren't women in the diplomatic corps negotiating for peace with the Ukrainian delegation. And we got a bunch of kids in this country when they think of safe space, they think of a place to curl up and cry in the fetal position because they encountered a word, a phrase, a pronoun, or an idea that upset them. Well, in Ukraine tonight, more kids are going to die because a real bad guy, not an ideological opponent, but a very real bad guy has sent soldiers to kill them. If you can't Put your world in perspective and realize some of your nonsensical things that were great in easy times are actually uh, deeply divisive and wrong and, 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 and dumb to be obsessed about in times like this. I got nothing for you. We need grownups now. And grownups understand that safe spaces are to protect you from real bad guys with guns not to protect you from someone who refuses to use your pronoun of choice and rather chooses to use the pronoun of your birth and the English language. Ideas matter and bad guys matter. And if you really are upset because you've encountered an idea that upsets you and it makes you want to cry or a person who shares ideas and ideologies different from you, Look to the Ukrainian people, many of whom are greatly divided. Their president there did not have broad support before this. It was a deeply divided nation, and they've now become united in the face of an evil that would kill them. Maybe it's time for Americans to go back to realizing that we're not each other's enemies. We're just each other's political opponents, and we should be acting accordingly because there is real evil in the world that wants to come for us. And we see it on display in Ukraine right now. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. They want to help you grow your business. If you need large loans, if you're buying a building, if you're building a building, if you see an opportunity where a lot of banks are telling you no right now, reach out to First Liberty. Nationwide, they can help you. They make their own decisions. Uh, but we're talking big deal, $750,000 and up. Go to firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. You can get their contact info, spend 10 minutes with them. Tell them I sent you, see if they're a fit for you and you for them, firstlibertyga.com. Y'all, well, I, I got we're, we're ha- we got the State of the Union coming up. And they've installed a fence again around the Capitol. This bugs me. Here's an Associated Press story, uh, headline fence being reinstalled around U.S. Capitol. Fencing installed around the Capitol for months after the January 2021 insurrection will be put back up 
before President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on Tuesday as concern grows about potential demonstrations or truck convoys snarling traffic in the nation's capital. The Ukrainian president is in the streets of Kiev fighting for his life and the life of his nation against Russian invaders. And the United States Congress is going to surround our U.S. Capitol building, a symbol of freedom in the world with a fence, and bring in 700 National Guard troops because they're afraid of truck drivers and protests. That's weak. That's weak. They should be ashamed for their cowardice. If invaders try to storm the U.S. Capitol, shoot them. Use the National Guard to stop them. But to surround the U.S. Capitol with a fence because you're afraid of a truck driver protest is weak. The truck drivers aren't going to storm the Capitol. The protesters aren't going to storm the Capitol. And if they do, well, you got people inside who can take action to defend the building. But what a, what a just striking contrast. We're putting perimeters up around the U.S. Capitol building so that protesters can't get in. And oh my gosh, truckers have the audacity to maybe possibly tie up traffic. Meanwhile, in Ukraine, you've got Russian tanks in the streets and you've got Russian mercenaries trying to find and kill the Ukrainian president. And he's standing up and being brave. And our, oh my gosh, we need a fence. We got to have, but we can't let the protesters come anywhere near us. It's weakness. In Washington, they always obsess about optics. The optics of this are pitiful, particularly in light of current events. Tear down the fence. You can't put one up at your own freaking southern border. Don't put one up around the U.S. Capitol. You're not going to defend our border, but you're going to turn the Capitol into Fortress America? Nonsense. Take down the fence. Let the protesters protest. It's what we as Americans do. And today, in light of current events, we should be celebrating our freedoms to do such things and still have a United States of America instead of looking weak to the world because the president's giving a speech and some people might not like it. Speaking of that speech, we should discuss it and the super secret Democratic polling someone leaked on why suddenly there will be no masks. Hello there, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on this here program. Uh, Saturday Night Live. I want to talk to you about their their opening. This is how they opened Saturday Night Live. On I, I don't watch Saturday Night Live regularly. Uh, it, it has no no relation to my life. When I was a kid, it was kind of funny, but it, it just it's it's not funny that you can't really laugh at the Democrats on Saturday Night Live. That they, they have become a a arm of the Democratic Party propaganda campaign, and thus. They opened their Saturday Night Live show this way. <laughs> a building so where they're having 
My favorite restaurant. A restaurant. My favorite people. Friends. Honey, I agree 100%. You know what? This is so fun. Dinner is on us. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. But, um, Keith, you know you can take your mask off at the table. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I'm wearing it half the time. <laughs> well, I heard the CDC is going to lift all mask mandates soon. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so weird. It's, it's like COVID's not over, but it's just going to stop. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Oh, you know, that reminds me of this article I read. Oh, honey, which... no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> well, it was in Bloomberg, and I thought it was interesting. What, uh, what article? Well, it... Honey. <laughs> it was just saying how mask mandates had, I don't know, little to no effect on COVID. And they're all outraged. Pouring water and it's overflowing. She's spitting out her food. The other woman's putting a mask on. Her husband's crushing a glass with his hand. I'm sorry, it's not like I'm anti-mask or anything. I just sometimes wonder if any of the things we did actually helped. Gina, no, no, no. We can talk about this incredibly complicated and emotional topic. Yes, yes, of course. I will start because. Um, for instance, while I am so personally relieved that I'm vaccinated. Careful. I, just, I sometimes wonder if, um, if other people who are hesitant, careful, <laughs> might not have, like, a valid... What? <laughs> not valid, but, but understandable... Not tonight! Help me. I think what she means is maybe sometimes we are a little overzealous when we condemn. Oh, no. I just think that if people are actually losing their jobs. Oh, no. Careful, girl. Look, vaccines save lives. Fact. Okay, they stop the hospitals from being overrun. Fact. Where are you up to? But did I have to dump my oldest friend just because he didn't get a booster? Yeah, you get the point. You notice these are good progressives having all the conversations we've been having for two years, and they're just now getting to it. The Saturday night before the State of the Union address. They come out and try to explain to progressives that you two can move on. That's not a coincidence, folks. In fact, Democratic polling came out last week uh, that was brutal for the Democrats, and it got leaked to the press. And not only that, uh, someone leaked that the White House actually pressured the CDC to release its updated guidance on masks before the State of the Union address so people could be in the room without masks on. I'm not making that up. NBC News reports White House administration officials put pressure on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to get them to release their mask updates prior to the State of the Union address. And then there's this, the memo to the Democrats from Joe Biden's own polling firm. Below, we lay out some strategic thoughts from for Democrats positioning themselves on COVID-19 after nearly two years of the pandemic. This was released on February 24th. Point one, declare the crisis phase of COVID over and push for feeling and acting more normal. Thanks to Democrats, we're nowhere near where we were two years ago or even a year ago. 
Democrats have a tremendous opportunity to claim an incredible historic success. Point two, recognize that people are worn out and feeling real harm for the years-long restrictions and take their side. Most Americans have personally moved out of crisis mode. Twice as many voters are now more concerned about COVID's effect on the economy, 49%, than about someone in their family or someone they know becoming infected with the virus, 24%. Two-thirds of parents and 80% of teachers say the pandemic caused learning loss, and voters are overwhelmingly more worried about learning loss than kids getting COVID. Point three, acknowledge COVID still exists and likely will for a long time. Point four, don't set COVID zero as the victory condition. Americans don't think victory is COVID zero. They think the virus is here to stay, and 83% say the pandemic will be over when it's a mild illness like the flu. Point five, stop talking about restrictions and an unknown future ahead. Is that not what... Saturday Night Live's opening act was all about. Acknowledge COVID will still exist. Don't set COVID zero as the end point. Stop talking about risks. Recognize people are worn out. Declare the crisis phase over and push for feeling and acting more normal. SNL weighing into the propaganda campaign. Why? Because the people most likely in this country to still be scared of COVID are progressives. And progressives are the core audience of SNL. And so you've got what's-her-name there, Kate, what's-her-name, who was was Hillary Clinton after the election. She came in playing the whole Hallelujah song. You got her in there with all the other liberals. Having all the conversations you and I had a year and a half, two years ago, and suddenly they're having them as if it's brand new, brand new thinking. It only is for progressives. And they're trying to tell them, guys, calm down now, calm down. Why? Because Republicans might get elected. There's a tsunami brewing. The polling is terrible. Oh, my gosh, we've got to do something to help Joe. We've got to do something to help the Democrats. And so here comes Joe Biden's pollster on the 24th. Let's lay out the timeline here. On the 24th of February, that was on Thursday, Joe Biden's pollster releases polling to the Democrats and says, hey, guys, you need to start acting like everything's normal and COVID is over. You got to start acting like COVID is over. You got to start recognizing people are frustrated. You got to start agreeing with them. You've got to be on their side because they're getting mad at you. And along comes SNL on Saturday night to do exactly that. Now, maybe it's a total coincidence. Maybe it's a total coincidence that the polling, by the way, the polling came out February 24th and was leaked, and maybe, oh, no, maybe maybe they didn't shake it up. Maybe they'd already planned on doing this. Maybe. But I find it more plausible, given the angst of Democrats and progressives in particular among the Democratic ranks, they're furious about getting rid of mask mandates, that this was all designed to calm them down and tell them, guys, it's, it's, it's time. we, we got to go back to normal. But there's more to it than that. Because some Democrats won't be able to help themselves. And also, according to new polling, from the Democrats, no less, 66% of voters disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of immigration issues. 
The results of the poll commissioned by the Immigration Advocacy Group, NILC, Immigration Justice Fund, and provided to NBC News comes days ahead of the State of the Union address in which Joe Biden is expected to outline his priorities and mark his administration's achievements over the past year, all amid a still unfolding conflict in Ukraine as Russia continues its all-out assault. According to the survey, 71% say immigration reform should be extremely or very important. Now, keep in mind, this is a Democratic messaging firm putting this poll out, and they want Joe Biden to go for amnesty. The problem here is that overwhelmingly what Americans want first is a secure border. They want a secure border. And the Democrats specifically are failing to lead on this issue. The Democrats can't move on. And that's going to hurt the Democrats. Here's a story from the Washington Post. Republicans are making gains in the Rio Grande Valley ahead of the Texas primary. Star County Judge Eloy Vera, the senior Democrat on this patch of the U.S.-Mexican border, likes to say he remembers when he could count local Republicans on a single hand. But times are changing in the shrublands of southern Texas. For the first time in local memory, the local GOP has an office on Main Street with a tent staffed outside the county courthouse to woo early voters. Eight candidates have qualified for the ballot in Tuesday's county primary elections, up from one or none in recent elections. An alarm Vila, who took office, has held office for 24 years, has been forced to look inward. He asked county workers in January to advertise the local paper about how the two-party primary system works, since so few had seen one before. And he began to reconsider the insularity of the Democratic Party structure. It's our fault, Vera explained as he leaned back on his cushioned leather office chair, which Texas state prisoners make for county judges. We never gave them an opportunity to really participate in the party. Similar Republican uprisings have been sweeping across nearby counties in the Rio Grande Valley. Born of frustration with one-party rule, the influence of the Republican state leaders and the shifting brands of the national parties. For as long as anyone alive can remember, South Texas has been a conservative, Democratic stronghold, pro-gun, pro-fossil fuel, anti-abortion, and suspicious of cosmopolitan values. But only recently has the overwhelmingly Hispanic population in a place where government meetings are still conducted in a seamless flow between English and Spanish begun to look seriously at the Republican Party. Democrats in South Texas are a dying breed. Joe Biden is going to give his State of the Union address tomorrow, and we'll have more on this tomorrow. But you got to understand the headwinds for the Democrats right now. They've become hijacked by the wokes. The progressives are pushing them further left. For all the demands of the Democratic Party to deny that they are not defunding the police, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others are making a litmus test for progressive support that you must support defunding the police. You've got weak leadership in a war in Ukraine. This is why the Democrats are pushing back so hard on, on the point that this didn't happen when Donald Trump was president. Oh, well, now they're out there with their own conspiracy theories that Trump was installed. MSNBC actually let a lady come on television to say Donald Trump was installed by Putin to weaken NATO so that he could then do this after Trump left office. That's QAnon for the left. It's Blue Anon. They don't really have anything to sell us right now. 
Overwhelming majority of Americans say Biden failed in his first year. There's still time for the Democrats to mitigate some of the damage. I don't think they can turn it around and have a blowout bunker year. The party in the White House tends to do poorly. Very rarely does the party in the White House do well. After 9-11 is one of those exceptions, and we don't want one of those. The Democrats got everything they wanted and haven't known what to do with it and are alienating their base. Their base is not progressive. Joe Biden is treating it like their base is progressive. It's really not. It's conservative black and Hispanic voters who historically don't vote Republican, and they're being alienated as the Democratic Party becomes overwhelmingly white, woke, progressive. And those people are starting to flirt with the Republican Party. It's the natural byproduct of a, of a Democratic Party that has become more secular, white, and detached from the values of your average American. Your average American is still a religious person who's socially conservative. The Democratic Party's fundraiser these days is rich, white, woke, and secular, and doesn't have anything to do with most people's conservative Christian values, religious values in the country, to the extent that they're religious, they're spiritualists, and they come across as a little bit nuts, like your average progressive billionaire out there who's more likely to put value in crystals than Christ. And it doesn't work well with the base of the Democratic Party that is black and Hispanic. And if they don't wake up from it, it's going to be their destruction. And that's fine with me because the Republican Party looks more and more like America than the Democratic Party does, whether they want to believe it or not. Now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Eden Pure Thunderstorm, right now you can get three of them. You know, I was talking to him the other day. Their supply chain issues, they're being impacted by supply chain. Eden Pure has a ton of great products. One of my favorite new products that Eden Pure has is actually an uh, air purifier for your fridge. You put it in your fridge, it's got a rechargeable battery. Uh, but they're selling out so quick when they get them. But the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, they stockpile them because they're so popular. They know that people want them. They want them across the nation because they wipe out odors. You can plug them in. They're very portable. And right now you can get three of them for less than $200. They're portable. They wipe out the the odors in your house. They don't mask. They eliminate. And then they wipe out the bacteria, the mildew, the pollen, all that. They purify the air in your house. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you get three of them, less than $200. You're saving $200 and you get them with free shipping by going to Eden EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see a discount code box right on the front page of the site. You put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You jump in, uh, put it in your cart, and at checkout, use the discount code ERIC3. You get uh, $200 off, and you get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your car, wherever you need it. Uh, you've got the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I travel with mine. It eliminates odors in hotel rooms and rental cars. You can plug it in your rental car. It works great. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. The discount code is ERIC3. Wow. Um, so there are some American special operators who have gone into Ukraine who are fighting uh, with Zelensky against the Russians. But uh, here is an American who has showed up to do uh, propaganda videos for the Russians. Uh, 
And then he goes into words we don't need to hear on radio. The, yeah, the, apparently an American uh, helping the uh, Russians. There are a few of them. Some buddy of mine uh, tweeted out, I really hope the Ukrainians capture the Larry the Cable Guy wannabe. <laughs> My gosh. Um, standing up for the people of Ukraine, we should do. Uh, by the way, in completely separate matters, I, I meant to get this earlier. Where did I put this article? The the New York Times is fretting again about gerrymandering and how terrible it is. Uh, they're doing a story on Dan Crenshaw in Texas who has a uh, right-wing, uh, hardcore Trumpist running against him in the Republican primary. And they're lamenting how lopsided new district lines are deepening America's divide. I know some of you are very concerned about gerrymandering, but I would just note that the Democrats gerrymandered constantly when they had power in the country, and no one really complained, in the media especially. It's only after the Republicans were able to turn the tide in the South and the Midwest and were able to start gerrymandering just like the Democrats used to do that suddenly gerrymandering is a problem. Actually, you know, there's more and more research out there that shows that gerrymandering really isn't the problem the left says it is, that a lot of these districts would still exist. Uh, you're not moderating really in Congress that much. Um, it's really not a the big issue that the left would have you believe it is. And I want you to understand that for those of you who really think gerrymandering is a problem, gerrymandering has always happened. It goes back to the 1700s, and it never was an issue in the press until the Republicans after the year 2000, started picking off seats in the West and the South, and after 2010, really locked in gains, and suddenly everyone thinks gerrymandering is a national crisis. It's only because it doesn't help the Democrats as much as it used to that anyone really cares, and it doesn't have the moderating influence getting rid of it that people claim it would. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.